You're listening to the Improved Photography Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by Squarespace. Are you ready to start showcasing your photography on a great-looking portfolio site? Then you should head over to Squarespace and start playing around with the tools that they have available to you there. They have beautiful-looking, customizable templates that you can change to fit your look and feel and just really make your own unique website out of. And the nice thing is that there's nothing that you need to install, patch, upgrade, you don't need to know anything about coding. It's just a fantastic site. It's the thing that I use, and I love it. So head over to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's Squarespace. Hey there, everyone. My name is Connor Hibbs, and this week I'm actually going to be filling in for Jim. Um, he is out this week, but instead I am going to be joined by Miss Erica Kay and Jeff hey. Harmon. Hello. How, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing pretty well. How are you, Connor? S- super well. Like, kind of awesome to have Erica on this show. Sure um, is. But it kind of feels like normal recording for me. It does. It does. <laughs> it's like portrait session with a splash of Jeff. That's right. Yeah. Super excited to have Jeff here. Well, I promise that we are not going to make this just an episode of portrait session because this week we have a few topics that we are going to get to in a roundtable fashion. Um, so our first topic that we have is talking about working for free and working for free versus trade. Um, so Jeff... Your notes here are are impressive, and I think that being the hobbyist, I want to throw to you first so we can talk to you about working for free. Okay, all right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm the the good thing about this roundtable is we have two vastly different perspectives. You and you and Erica are going to be one side of it where you're making the majority of your income from photography, your pros, this is how you make your living. And I am not. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a hobbyist uh, that I do make some money at it. I do have some clients. I do portrait work for, for clients. But it is not my main objective to make money at this. I want enough that I can uh, cover expenses and, and you know, have Justify some, doing some money. It. Yeah, to, to buy gear since that's outrageously expensive. Uh, <laughs> totally. But, uh, but that's not my main objective. So when we talk about working for free, well, I end up doing that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The majority of, of what I do is is working for free. Um, and, and I have a day job that I love and I'm not looking to change it. Photography is a passion for me. It's something I love to do. And it's not necessarily that I'm looking to get paid to do it. I'd love to whenever I can, but yeah. it's, that's not the primary focus. And so it, it, it's great. But the one of the really nice things about the position I'm in is I can really decide what and how I want to do things. And I know photographers, like you guys that are pros, you, you want the same thing. You want to be able to decide what jobs you actually want to take. That's a but great that position to happen. get to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you end up taking jobs that you don't you don't really want um, sometimes. Gotta pay those bills. Oh, right. Yeah. But I get to choose that. Like, there's no pressure at all. Like, yeah, I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I get to just go do it. And I love to, like, you know, go hike out to places, take landscapes, kind of a therapeutic sort of thing. I don't do nearly enough of that, and I really want to. It will be really fun. I'm excited for the summertime to come and maybe get out there a bit more. 
But I also mm-hmm. really love to do personal projects. And most of the time that actually involves other people. So it's not like yeah. my whole objective is or the work for Fred I'm talking about is going out to those landscapes and, and kind of being by myself. It's uh, I, I love to be able to kind of contribute to the world this way. Uh, it's it's hard for me to contribute to the world with what my profession is with computer stuff. <laughs> you don't feel like I'm making the world a better place because I'm doing work on the computer. That's just doesn't happen. But, <laughs> but with photography, I do feel like I get to do that. I get to share kind of the skills I've gained, um, and, and be able to help. So some of it, uh, for example, high school sports, I shoot a lot of high school sports. Um, it was kind of hard to break into actually, uh, cause especially the, the sports football in particular, they want, they already have photographers. There's so many mm-hmm. people who want to shoot football that I, yeah. had, I had no chance. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, I still, that's super hard to get it into. Is. It's really tough. Especially if you want to get paid for it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew that wasn't going to work. So I had to try to get an in with the school. I had to get the school to know me. And um, the only way I found to do that was I found like the team mom. They always, all these teams have teams moms to take care of stuff. And um, I found the team mom for the women's high school basketball team. And well, I actually kind of knew her beforehand. She lives near my in my neighborhood here, so it was a oh. very natural thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was like, hey, I'd love to come. And it, I asked, is anyone taking photos? Do you guys like have a photographer for the women's basketball team? And they said, no, <laughs> nobody does that. In fact, the year prior to my asking that question, the yearbook photographer, who is you know a sophomore, junior, or senior, yeah. who uh, non photographer, yeah, with they, the they they're like take this the really crummy school camera and try to take photos that's who did like their team photos the year before and they were dreadful they were really bad (laughs) so um so they're like oh we'd love to have you do that if you want to do that and i did it the first year just for free i was like i just want to i want to get into this plus i hadn't ever done that i'd never shot a high school team i'd never done team photos i'd done some for my kids but this was different and uh and so i i needed i knew we needed the experience to do it and it went very well. They loved it. They, they totally wanted to do it. And then when the next year rolled around, um, then we had the conversation and they knew they were going to have to pay for it this time. <laughs> yeah. They, they figured yeah. that much. And they are. So that I've been paid for a couple of years now to do the women's high school basketball team. And then the men's team saw what the women had. We're like, our stuff looks terrible in comparison. We can't have yeah, that. We want that now. <laughs> so now <laughs> I shoot the men's team too. And, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and that's great. And it led to even some football. I got to shoot some of the playoffs in football last year. Um, not, That's congratulations. Still not doing the men's football team for the team photos, but anyway. So so that was a, a really nice thing. And and even if it didn't turn into paid things because that's not my focus, I had so much fun doing it. It was and, and I felt like I was helping. There there were these girls that they put everything they have into the basketball team and they had nothing. They didn't have any memories. Those, those poor seniors the year before had these awful pictures <laughs> to go from for their, their basketball in their senior year. And I was just sad to even hear that. So it worked out that I did get to make some money off of it, but even if it didn't, I loved being able, I would have, I would shoot it for free because it, it's really, really super fun. Um, mm-hmm. a, another project that I love doing is um, I, I come in contact with some people who have some, you know, terrible life situations. There's one family in particular I've known for a very long time who uh, they, their last child that they, they had was born with some pretty severe health problems. They're not expected to live that long. 
and um, it's been really fun. I, I had them all over. Like they they were worried of trying to even work with a photographer because their their child has such Im, uh, special needs. They they're like I just don't know if any photographers would even you know want to work with us. This would, it's tough. It's a it's a challenging so, situation. And and so I, I brought them over to my house where we could have a, a controlled environment. We got the heat going, and it was it was so fun to work with that family and produce some pictures that they're gonna really love, especially because it's not expected that their child's going to live for very long. Uh, it, it's really, really fun. I, I love that stuff. So so That's this awesome. kind of uh, brings up the question in my mind. You say that you're able to choose, pick and choose what you do. What kind of stuff does Jeff Harmon say no to? <laughs> well, you know, they're not knocking down the door to ask me to do stuff. So, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't have a ton that I say no to. Here's what I do say no to, though. And I get criticized like crazy about this. There's a lot of listeners. There's even some photographers in the area who have just really taken to me. I don't do prints. I don't do printing at all. I don't like that part of it. That part of the workflow and the photography, I don't enjoy trying to figure out how to make it look right with the printers and, oh, it's too dark, it's too bright, and test prints and and the colors and, and all of that business. Um, I've done it a little for myself. Uh, enough that I, I get happy with my own family photos and what we do. But I just, it's not a part of photography I love. So I choose not to do it. I just don't like it. Makes me a shoot and burn photographer, which is, you know, dated kind of reference where it used to be that some yeah. photographers would shoot and then they'd burn CDs to send to the, the clients. But, um, and, and so it makes me that kind of photographer because I don't even like try to offer the prints to the, the clients. Um, so, so that's, that's the pick and choose part that mostly I do is that I just choose not to do the printing. I know I leave a ton of money out on the table that way and I could make a lot more money by doing that. Well, maybe the area I live in, they're cheap. Yeah, <laughs> They are super cheap. And I, I, they know that photographers make a bunch of money by marking up those prints and they go and tr deliberately try to find photographers that don't print for that reason. So I kind of fit into the market that way anyway, but I just happen to not like that part, so I choose not to do it. Now, now sorry to keep digging in this, but um, what would you do if you had a client that came to you and uh, like it was somebody who was already paying you and said, we want you to handle the printing or sure. we want you to give us prints? Um, yeah. how, how do you handle something like that? Do you just tell them, no, but here's a, here's a way that you can get your own prints? No. Or is it something that you're just not pushing? If somebody right. asks you, you'll kind of handle that? Exactly. Yep. I'll do it okay. if they want me to. I've even offered it occasionally, um, especially when I know the client can afford it, no problem. And yeah. I've, I've had a few of those. So I was like, hey, if you just want me to, to do it, I we can. I have, I, I've done it with the professional print labs. And there's even one here very nearby me that that, that is great. Um, so I'll do it. Yeah, I'll even offer it sometimes in those situations. But for the most part, I just want to I want to edit it and be done. I don't want to have to worry about it. Fair enough. Sounds well, like a I'm, good plan. I mean, even though Erica and I both are... Uh, professional full-time photographers, I, I think that both of us can agree that there are times to do free work um, and times to do trade work versus doing stuff specifically for money. So Erica, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. And I actually, I really liked Jeff's whole spiel about uh, like, you know, choosing what you want to do, because really the whole concept of working for free is exactly that. You choose what you want to do. Yeah. If you have something that you feel passionately about, then do it for free. If you have, you know, something that you really enjoy doing and you, you, 
you maybe don't need the money from that, then do it for free. Like, this is your business. Although people may give you all kinds of crap about it, it doesn't matter. Like, you structure your business the way you want to, and you live your life the way you want to. Just do your thing. So, um, I think it, the whole concept of just doing what you want to do is is great for this topic, especially. So, for me, I do shoot for free sometimes. Um, and then other times I shoot for trade. So the times that I shoot for free are for people who are really close to me. So, you know, my parents, my sister, really close family members, yeah. my best friends, I'm going to shoot for them for free because I want to provide them with that gift. I want to give them the gift of photography and I don't want to take their money for it. Um, Sometimes they give me money anyway or take me out to dinner or something like that. And that's always appreciated. But that's just something that I really love doing for the people that are really close to me. Um, I also shoot for free when I'm doing creative shoots. So I usually call these more of collaborations instead of shooting for free because it's usually me teaming up with a model, maybe a hair and makeup artist, a stylist, like a a group of us get together, we come up with a big creative concept and we execute it. And none of us get paid to do that. None of us pay anything to the other people to do that. So it's it's a way just for us to kind of uh, get our creative ideas out there in the world uh, without being paid for them and without paying for them. Uh, it's been really helpful for me creatively to get to be able to do that. And it's also been really good for business too, because I'm creating work that people don't usually see on my Instagram and stuff. You know, it's outside of the wedding realm and it's attracting more clients, people outside, you know, people other than engaged couples or whatever. So that's been really fun. And although I don't make money off of it, off of some of them. I am making money off of others now. Um, it's it's been fun enough, and it's been a passion of passion of mine. So I don't mind shooting it for free. I have to say yeah. that that worked out so well at the retreat too. So you you contacted the dancers, didn't you, Erica, at the for the mm-hmm. retreat? Yeah, that was awesome. That was so much fun, and, and there was an entire group of photographers. I I went around with um with those dancers. And it was it was fun to get to know these girls that are very good dancers and uh, provided you know they were great models for us to be able to put in this beautiful plantation landscape setting and and shoot those those models. But what was even more fun was as we were walking from spot to spot, we talked to them and and find out more about them. And um, the the couple of girls in particular we were taking around that plantation had never had a professional photo taken of them as a dancer. That's crazy. Not one. <laughs> That's that is nuts. so crazy. And, and it was because their family just couldn't afford it. The, it was too much money for their family to be able to take a professional photo of them in their dance. And so they were just excited, so excited. Aww. And it made the entire group could feel that. And they yeah. and it, it made the work way more meaningful because now That's everybody was amazing. trying to get really good photos of these girls so they would have that for as them. like their own memory the only memory that they're going to capture of their dancing when they were young um mm-hmm. before they graduate one one was about to graduate from high school she's headed off to uh to college for dance and she she was so excited to get those photos it, it just made it way more meaningful and that was so it was for trade in that situation because these girls are going to yeah. get some professional photos but it, it was so meaningful and so much fun to go do it 
Yeah, that's so cool. I wish I knew that. I did not. I actually didn't know that. Um, but that is an example of, of something that I do for free. So I have a personal project where every place I visit, every city, every state, every country I go to, I try to photograph a dancer. Um, so I have a big collection of dance photographs from, from all around the world, really. And I don't get paid to do that. I've been hired by dance companies and dancers to do photos for them. But for this personal project, I don't get paid you know, to photograph these dancers. I provide them with the photos after the fact for their time. Uh, but for me, that is you know, I was a dancer. I danced for 25 years before I moved into photography. I was working professionally in the dance world. So kind of combining these two passion, well, three passions of mine, travel, dance, and photography <laughs> right. has been so awesome. Someday I hope to make a, a book, you know, with all of my dance photos from around the world, but that'll probably be a while from now. But that's, that's another example of something that I, I do for free. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, I would say even... For me, uh, most of the work that I end up sharing on social media is either free or trade or um, the kind of portions of shoots that people don't necessarily ask me to shoot. I say like, hey, now that we're done with the, the stuff you hired me for, can we shoot something creative? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do this. And, yeah. and I, I talk about this occasionally on Portrait Session, but I, I really love doing free or trade work um, on, on a pretty consistent basis. And I do that just because it allows me to... Well, a have content to be able to share on my social media page that looks more like what I want to get hired for, um, mm -hmm. which I've found definitely does help in getting hired more for the thing that you post. Um, but also, it, it allows me to to experiment in a way that I, I, if it's a page shoot, I can't do quite so much. So sometimes Absolutely. if it's if it's a cooler person where I'm I'm vibing well with them <laughs> on a page shoot, I'll say like, hey, let's go do this fun thing after we're done with the work that we're doing um but if if it's a trade shoot i can just set the whole thing and say hey you've seen my portfolio do you want to work with me and if the person says yes i say cool well oftentimes they're they're models that have at least some experience so i've learned a lot of what i've learned looks good in in my portraits from other models that actually knew what they were doing and then i go oh i see what they did there that's that worked out really well so i've really enhanced my skill by collaborating with other people that have their own kind of expertise that they can bring to the table and like we can interact and figure out new things and i can say oh i was thinking of this lighting setup so i'm gonna go try this and and so i i think that even for a professional there's there's different kinds of value that you're getting out of your your work. Sometimes it's paying your bills, and oftentimes the jobs are less fun when they're just about paying the bills. Um, right. <laughs> but but I I think that having work to fill out portfolios or just figure out new things or even sometimes building relationships with other people is is an important thing. I oftentimes will, if, if it's going to help me land a larger client, I'll, I'll throw in something to sweeten the deal, like shooting with the person who's booking me, shooting with them as a private portrait session as a way for me to show them what I'm capable of to get a bigger job after the fact. Mm, that's and, smart. um, and so there are ways to even approach things, appro approach shooting for free in a business-minded sense. In the same way that you said you went and shot high schools, Jeff, uh, you, er, that sounds bad, um, <laughs> shot sports at high schools. Especially um, right now. Yeah. 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 Don't yeah. say that. Oof. <laughs> Woof. Um, well, well, I think that's a really valid point. And, and something that I wanted to bring up when I'm, when I'm talking about shooting for trade um, or shooting for free and, and kind of quotation marks, 
what I mean is I'm shooting not not so much for the family family and friends and creative stuff that I've talked about already, but when I'm shooting for trade, that's that means that I am providing them with a service yeah. in exchange for something else. So, for example, I shoot all the time for the American Marketing Association. I cover pretty much all of their events. I do their headshots for their board. I do a lot of stuff for them. And the reason why I do this is because in exchange, they advertise for me and for my studio. So we have our stuff plastered all over the American Marketing Association's websites and all of their events and all of their networking events and everything that they put out into the world, our name is on it. So for me, I found a lot of value in providing a service for them at no charge, but in exchange, getting all of that advertising opportunity with them. It's a huge you know, na- nationwide network. So a lot of people ha- have seen our name, at least. If they haven't booked us, at least they have seen the name. Um, and it, it has proven really, really beneficial for me. And I've probably made 10 times as much money compared to what I would charge the American Market Association to shoot, shoot these events and headshots for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been worthwhile for me. So if you don't like the idea of like shooting for free in the traditional sense, think of ways that you can kind of barter your services. I know people that will do photographs for their hairstylists in exchange for getting their hair done for free. So they're like exchanging services instead of just technically shooting for free. Yeah. It's understanding that your work has value and um, the value can be put forth in a number of different ways. So oftentimes like I'll, I'll approach stuff with just saying, Hey, I'm going to be giving people goodwill um, and it, this sounds awful and Machiavellian, um, but oftentimes I'll, I'll do something for somebody and just know like, hey, you probably owe me one down the line. And it's not something where I say like, I'm keeping like I'm hovering this over the board. But if something were to come up that that person specializes in, I'm not going to feel weird about going and saying, hey, do you mind helping me with this thing that you do right. professionally in the same way that I helped you with my thing? So it, yeah. it really isn't. a um, Yeah. Not not creepy, crazy. You owe me one, and no, I I know it. But just, more like just, the pay, pay it forward mentality. Yeah, right? yeah. Do do things to be nice sometimes, and that helps to garner more beneficial relationships. I think that uh, the success that I'm finding in business has been largely because I've been generous in giving um, just a little bit more or working a little bit harder in everything that I do. So whether you're you're approaching this from the standpoint of being a businessman or um, businessman or woman or um thanks connor yeah you, you got it um but whether you're approaching it from a business mindset or just a hey I, I like doing a hobby thing i mean it's not to say that jeff couldn't then later down the line if he needed something for his day job call on some of the people that he's helped sure. out yeah um to be able to to have them help out so uh, yeah i working for free is not necessarily a bad thing not at all All right, so we will be right back with our next segment after a word from our sponsors. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Look, as photographers, when we start building up a body of work, it's really important to start paying attention to the way in which that work is being showcased. And that's one of the reasons why I really love Squarespace.com. It's one thing to send a person to social media to just see what you're doing, but it's another thing to be talking with a potential client and want to come off as a professional. With Squarespace, you can build a site to showcase your work with just a few clicks using one of their gorgeous templates created by world-class designers. If you can customize the look and feel of each of those templates to suit your brand 
and have a great looking professional site that you don't have to worry about learning all of this coding stuff, which is just a huge pain and really isn't the thing that you're probably interested in. Building a site with website with Squarespace is easy, and that's the reason that I use them. I was able to build my first website in a matter of an hour or two, and most of that time happened to be me just finding the right photos that I wanted to show and picking through my portfolio. One of the things that I really love about their service is that you can actually connect it to your social media. So without having all of the extra tags and everything else that you're putting in there, you can really show off your work without having to constantly go back and update everything. If you happen to need any help, they have a fantastic 24-7 customer support that can help you build the website that your images deserve. So head over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, Use the offer code IMPROVE to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code IMPROVE. All right, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Improved Photography Podcast. Again, my name is Connor Hibbs, filling in for Jim. I hope you don't mind the, the sound of my voice. Well, <laughs> for this this second topic that we're going to be getting to today, um, we are going to be talking about the all-important tax season. So taxes are something that we all owe in the very near future, whether no matter what, what it is that you're doing. So both Jeff, Eric, well, all three, Jeff, Erica, and I came together to bring our best tax tips for you guys. Oh, man, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Jeff, again, I'm going to throw it to you first to hear some of your tips that you have um, that might come from a hobbyist perspective mm -hmm. rather than a business perspective. Yeah, which is different. And I've talked a little bit about this on previous episodes, uh, but it's morphed a little. So it's good to kind of update maybe where I'm at and how, how I'm approaching it. So <clears throat> unlike a lot, of, a lot of pros, my biggest concern when it comes to taxes I know I have to make a little bit of profit with my business. And and I do have yeah. a business. Like even though I, I mostly shoot just as a hobbyist and have fun with it, I do have a business because I do have paid client shoots. So I created a business to, to for that. And um, so I, I need to make sure that that business has enough income every year that I could show at least a little bit of a profit. Because then at some point, if you don't, then the IRS says, this is not a business. This is a very expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it all changes and, and it's, it's not good. So, so I need to make sure that I have that. Uh, so my tracking system ne doesn't need to be very complicated. Um, <laughs> we, we use a Google Doc spreadsheet. Um, my wife and I can then share it. We both put different things in there. I tend to cause most of the expenses with our business, and so uh, so I. Put I am in... not surprised by that statement. <laughs> so so I uh, I put in those like ninety five percent of the expenses are coming from me, and <clears throat> so so I put those into the spreadsheet, and I already have them like for twenty eighteen. I've already gone and done it where I have the recurring expenses that we know we'll have. Like we have our monthly creative cloud subscription is already in there. The monthly, we, we pay for a custom domain for an email so that as we're interacting with clients, we have a professional <laughs> email address mm -hmm. instead of a like at gmail.com address. Uh, we have our Zenfolio website hosting. We have uh, various things that are recurring things through the year. And I, I just pre-populate all that in there. So it's all there. And then I have, you know, as I go out and I buy a new SD card on Amazon, then I go put that in the spreadsheet. And same way with the, with the shoots we do, my wife is the one who kind of takes charge of that. And she puts in the income from the shoot and um, the mileage. 
And so, so then we have all of that and then in the air, it's really simple. I share that spreadsheet with our tax guy and we get the taxes filed. And that's kind of maybe... So question for yeah, you real uh-huh. quick before you continue on. Are you... What is your schedule of doing this? Are you every time you make a purchase or get get some money in, you enter it into the spreadsheet, or do you do it monthly and go back and look at your bank account, or how yeah. how are you doing this so, to keep yourself organized? I mean, ideally, yes, and I do actually remember a lot of the time when I'm going to buy something because uh, usually I have to get it through that finance committee, my wife anyway, and so <laughs> so uh, you know she reminds me, yes, you can go get it, but make sure you put it on the spreadsheet. <laughs> And so, so, you know, I do a fairly good job of that. And she's, she's really good at putting in the shoots. But even if we went a few weeks, even a few months, actually, I think even if we didn't have anything and at the end of the year, we're like, okay, now I got to go build the spreadsheet. We have so few of these things, it really wouldn't be that hard to create it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we would have our email exchanges that we had with our clients as they, they book us to do the, the portrait shoots. We have the Amazon list is pretty much exclusively where I buy stuff. So I can go look at the Amazon orders and find what we bought. The stuff like that, it, it would be super easy for me to create it. So I do my best. We do we the intention as we go through is to update that spreadsheet continuously as we have income or expenses. Uh, but mm-hmm. if we miss, it's really not hard for me and my the way that I do it. I don't I know it wouldn't scale. Like if we if this was an actual like primary income business, that wouldn't work. But but it yeah. works for us. Yeah. I ask because well, kind of to, to talk about what I want to talk about talk about mixed in with that I so I own three businesses um, two photography companies and a travel company so for my two photography companies I use QuickBooks for all of that connects to my my bank account it brings all of my transactions both incoming and outgoing into QuickBooks and I I go through and categorize them and then I have to do nothing else but for my travel company because it's it's small and I don't have a ton of transactions with it I use a, a Google spreadsheet as well um and I really like the Google spreadsheet for the travel company because it is, I, again, I don't have a ton of transactions through it, so it's not too hard to keep up with. However, last year, and by last year, I guess I mean the whole of, of 2017, but really when I was doing this, it was at the beginning of 2018, um, I totally slacked and did not do anything any of my transaction upkeep for any of my businesses at all in 2017. So 2018 rolled around and I had three businesses that I had to to go back through the entire year of 2017 and and categorize. And it sucked. Um, (laughs) It was really terrible. Uh, QuickBooks made my life easier for the two big businesses because it just automatically brings everything in and I just have to click a category. But for the travel company, I had to go back through all of my bank statements and all the credit card statements and and even talk to my business partner about personal transactions that she made in relation to the business. And it was awful. So one tip, this huge long-winded story is coming down to just one tip keep up with it and make a schedule for yourself, whether you do it every Friday or, you know, every the last day of the month or every quarter, whatever it is, keep up with it and try not to wait until January of the following year to categorize your entire year's transactions. And certainly yeah, would and help uh, like my strategy. If I, if it was something where I needed to track it more closely, it was overwhelming and I was forgetting. And it, that would be the case. If it, if I had even like twice the amount of stuff, it would probably become unwieldy and I'd, I'd struggle 
even if I put a schedule in and be like, yeah, okay, my alarm just went off, but I don't have time. So I'm not going to do it right now. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I know that would be the case. Then I would definitely then at that point, I'd go get a completely separate bank account, credit card or whatever. And I'd make sure I helped myself out by only using that card for those things. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I haven't reached that level yet to where I, where I need to do that. Yeah. Quick note, make sure that if you have a separate bank account, that you're really good about not doing personal sure. expenses. Yeah, you, you absolutely, it won't be a value unless you actually separate this, you know, the, the use of those things. Yeah, I, I have made that mistake a few years and it <laughs> it's never fun. It's one of those things that even when I'm doing it, I always go, uh, this is not a business <laughs> expense, but I don't want to go in and do my payroll for myself right now. So I'm just going to swipe my card until... Um, I do that and it's it's not worth it like just keep up on giving yourself um, payroll whatever you want to pay yourself from your business um, whether it's a, a hobby or or not just make sure that you're keeping track of that and keeping those cards completely separate because it is much more of a pain to then have to go in and in QuickBooks transfer stuff over to a personal account um, I actually don't use QuickBooks I use a, a piece of free accounting software called wave apps um, which I like that. a lot. It's it's very similar to I I've also tested out FreshBooks and it I I noticed practically no difference at all. Um, they're they're almost the exact same thing except one of them is free and one of them is not. And the transaction fee for processing cards is the same. Um, so they, they they do other stuff um, for like more advanced payroll and um, they do their own card transaction processing. So they make their money off of the card transaction processing and that kind of payroll um, additional accounting services. But just for keeping my books, um, it's a fantastic free option that even you might want to look into, Jeff. It, it's pretty cool. Um, and if you have your business set up as a business, it'll pull all of your expenses in and you can just say which ones were personal and set the those aside and which ones were business expenses and um yeah might might not be a bad option for anybody out there wanting to keep track of their photography money um i i can kind of relate to you jeff in that for a number of years i was running my business and even when i started getting on the precipice of like i think that i could do this full time i i was making all of the money or i was spending almost all of the money that i had coming in on new gear and getting myself ready for the time when I was going to be um, stepping off on my own. Uh, The the last year, I was a lot more careful in making sure I saved money to give myself a safety net. And that was um, better and smarter for me to do. But make make sure that if you're doing this as a hobby, you are indeed turning at least some sort of profit. I think that one year, my profit was $200 at the end of it. And I had made like definitely in the five figures of money. Um, but I had just put all of that back into my business. So it's, it's not to say that you have to, I don't know where I'm going with this actually. Well, I I have a question. (laughs) Forgive my ignorance, but what happens if you don't show a profit? Um, if you don't show a profit for, Jeff can correct me on this, but I think it's three years in a row, yep. um, then they classify all of your expenses. At, well, they classify the whole thing as not a business. It is a hobby. And if it's a hobby, then all of that money that you've made off of it is um, 
taxable, right. including the money that you spent on gear. Oh um, my gosh. Yes. I feel so, like there are so many businesses that don't profit within the first like five years. Right, right. Um, and and it, it's not, it doesn't mean if you do three years in a row of no profit, you're immediately going to be classified as uh, uh, it being a hobby. But you, you're far more likely to start getting an audit and someone's going to go probably take a look at things and they're going to be able to look and say, are you really serious about this? And do you have legitimate reasons why you haven't turned a profit? And are you really trying to make this a business? Or is it really clear that no, this, you're not, you're just trying to, to make it so you can depreciate equipment and not have to pay taxes on that. Um, hmm. so, so Interesting. yeah, it, it increases the likelihood, which is another question I want to ask. Have either, either of you ever been audited? Thankfully, no. I just don't even want to answer this question because I'm afraid I'm going to jinx myself. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you, you said that and it's like right around the corner. I'm like, okay, like I, I trust my bookkeeper knows what she's doing. I've heard great so, things. She has great reviews, but please don't let me get audited. But I'm literally knocking on all of the wood things around me right now. I have not been audited. Well, there's going to be thousands of people are going to hear that <laughs> you haven't been audited. But okay, so the reason I asked <laughs> so the question... Scary is I have. I've been audited once. And it wasn't because it was way before I got into photography and had the business or any of that. This was, um, I just really screwed up my own personal return <laughs> or my personal file. Oh, no. And uh, I did it wrong. Um, and it, it flagged, of course, for them that I, because I did it wrong. And I, the, the, I can't imagine how to describe how sick to my stomach I felt when I, the way I, I got informed was, a certified letter saying we've been audited and uh, we think you owe us this much more money plus fee or uh, interest because it was a couple of oh years my prior. Gosh. And oh my, gosh. my stomach just dropped. It's like, what? What did I do? How did I screw this up? It had to have been me because I was the one that filed. <laughs> and uh, and so it took a couple of weeks of madly going through the documentation. It was a couple of years prior. So I was glad we kept the physical documents around and uh, and it turned out fine. I, I had some documentation. The IRS didn't. So part of the problem was actually that the corporate world didn't send what they should. And uh, uh. and so it all got worked out. But boy, was I it was like I was sick for a couple of weeks while we were going through that. It was so terrible. And so for that reason, uh, you know, we decided like the year after that, even before I, I did the photography business, we're going to get a tax guy. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I can't do yeah. this and and yep. have this happen again. And yeah, it costs a couple hundred bucks to go in and have a tax guy file it for you. And yes, it should be totally easy. I did it for years with TurboTax myself and didn't have any problems until this this year, that, that year in particular. Um, but the couple hundred dollars is just so worth it to me. It's reduced it. Is it is so worth it. It has reduced it now to like, I don't dread filing taxes anymore. And yeah, the the money part of it's not fun, but yeah, but that part's the, not, not the, the best. process is no longer something that I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is so hard, and I don't want to do it. It's nice I can just like we've we've already shared. We've got the same guy that's done it for several years now, so he knows us. He knows what we're doing. He offers us advice on things we should be doing, which is awesome too. That I can't keep up on everything that's happening. This last year, when or you mm-hmm. know, recently in March when we went in and did it for for 2017, he said, "Hey, stuff's changing a ton next year, 
And we yeah. got to make sure that you're set up so that you're going to be in a good position next year and kind of same position you are now. Let's let's evaluate. Let's go through it. We're, we'll, we the software we had could like uh, emulate exactly how it's going to they think it's going to run next year. And it was awesome to have that advice. It turns into like a 45 minute thing and I don't have to worry about it. And if I ever get audited again, he's going to be the one to be helping me with it. <laughs> and I, I won't feel that feeling. So it, I'm just, it's totally worth it. If you are a hobbyist and you don't have a tax guy that, that you're working with, I highly recommend it. I mean, I, I if you're a professional, that. definitely have one. Like I, I can't imagine ever going back to not having one. My accountant is amazing. And, you know, like you said, Jeff, he does all the work. I categorize my things and then I send everything to him and then I sign on the dotted line. Yeah, and that's, yeah. That is all I have to do. It's so wonderful. We'll say this this year, just for experiment's sake, um, I went through TurboTax and filled everything out to see what they said I would owe versus what my tax person said that I would owe. And we'll just say it was thousands of dollars of difference. Um, yeah, well, your accountant thousands. knows all of the deductions. Right, they know right. they should know specific photography deductions. You know, they know everything that TurboTax doesn't. Yeah, it's it, it makes a huge difference. And I mean, I, I think that I spent four hundred dollars, which at the time that always sucks. You don't want to spend hundreds of dollars to have somebody else prepare your taxes for you. I can do it on TurboTax on myself. But trust me, it, if you're making any kind of money with your with your photography, it is definitely wise to seek a tax person to help you out with that because they will save you lots of money absolutely perfect well now we are going to move on to our loved and favorite segment doodads of the week so jeff do you have a doodad this week oh my my uh, nerd cred would take a big hit if i didn't have a doodad of the week wouldn't it <laughs> that would be a problem <laughs> All right. So I don't know why this happens. It seems to happen a lot that um, I get questions in kind of waves on the exact same topic. There's a lot of listeners that ask me about uh, for a, a recommendation on certain equipment and gear all the time. And I, I love doing it. I, it's it's a I part of it why. I love. <laughs> and, uh, and I've had like a, a sudden wave of people saying their mouse is dead. It's not working well anymore. It's not batteries. It's other problems. And they just want to get a new one. But they don't know what to get. And so I'm going to tell you what my recommendation is. It's a Logitech MX Master 2S wireless mouse. We'll put a link in the show notes so you can get there. But if you just even on Amazon, you search Logitech MX Master, it's the very latest version of that. There, You can even save some money in getting a previous version. Uh, but I recommend this, the, the very latest version. It's $90. So, so um, yeah, that's a Yikes. lot to pay for a Ouch. mouse. That is a ton <laughs> to pay for a mouse. But I'm telling you, it is worth it. It is it is really nice. So it's, it's I very... I have to look at this mouse It's now. very ergonomic. Um, but even better than that is it's got some. Uh, they've they've got a really good technology in there where it uh, it'll work on pro on almost any surface, including glass, and it's highly high precision. It's got a very a laser in there that makes it extremely precise. Plus the software, it is Logitech software that if you put it on your computer, and I recommend you do, 
Um, you can really customize the mouse to do a lot of things. There's a, there's a buttons. I don't even use all the buttons. Uh, I don't I don't need them, but um, you can customize a lot of buttons to to do it. I know some some people that have configured some of the buttons to do some of the keyboard things that so they don't have to touch the keyboard to get there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and it's it's awesome. It's just a fabulous mouse. I understand it's super expensive for a mouse, but it is worth it if you do a, much editing at all. You, uh, I think you'll really like getting this mouse. You know, I have a couple of notes here. So I'm looking at this mouse and I'm not positive that it's a mouse because it definitely looks like a stealth fighter, <laughs> uh, like stealth plane of some sort. It's, it's very angular and cool looking. Follow up question though. Yes. Do you ever direct people towards tablets? I know that you did a review on tablets. I was tablets just a while getting ready back. to ask that. Yeah, so I, I do. I, I like tablets. Um, I did a pretty good extensive review for between Wacom and some some no name brand tablets, uh, the Monoprice one in particular, because uh, it's significantly cheaper. And there's a reason Wacom is expensive because it is definitely the best of breed. It is absolutely uh, a better experience. Um, I, the, the, the problem is there is quite a learning curve there. It takes some yes. time to get used to that. And I, I still prefer to use the mouse for smaller edits. It just, it takes me too long to get the, the tablet. It's big too. They're just huge. So it takes up yeah. a massive amount of my desk to, to do it, especially next to my r- rather large ergonomic keyboard. I, it, a lot of ergonomics, I'm on the computer all day long yeah. for a lot of the days, like between my my day job and photography editing, uh, if I don't have ergonomic stuff, my wrists and hands just kill me. So I've learned I really have to get the ergonomic things, and uh, and that helps. So I I haven't recommended like you know when they ask for a mouse, I didn't say oh no, what you should do is go get the Wacom tablet. Yeah, makes um, sense because it's different. It's a learning. So so yeah, it, that's that's where that is. <laughs> Fair enough. Erica, what's your doodad this week? My doodad is the Peak Design Field Pouch. And I am sitting here like an idiot right now, like holding it up in front of my camera. Like everybody <laughs> can see it in front of my computer. Um, so this this field pouch, I showed it to Connor before we started recording. And he, he basically called it a fanny pack. So I, I guess it could be like the fanny pack of photography. What is what it is is uh, a little pouch. It's about I would say maybe nine inches by six inches or so, and it has straps along the back so that you can slide it onto your camera strap. So I wear the spider holster camera strap, which is the the belt looking thing. Um, makes me look like a cowboy when I have my camera on my hip like that. Uh, so I strap it around or I slide it onto onto that and it, so I can essentially carry it on my on my hip. But it's not a lens pouch or anything like that. It's not quite big enough for that. But I use it for all the little things that I need on shoots and on wedding days. So things like lens cloths because I wear glasses and I need to clean my glasses off all the time because I have fingerprints all over them. Um, things like my shot list and notebooks and pins and my water bottle and even things that I like to, to use when I'm trying to shoot creatively like prisms and pieces of glass and pieces of copper piping and things like that I, I stick in there. So it's just a little pouch for me to be able to keep the tiny little things close by uh, the things I use often uh, when I'm shooting. And it so, is $39.95 for those of you who are interested. Yeah, yeah, it's, it really is a very nice looking bag. Um, I did not mean to degrade you when saying that it was like a fanny pack, but to oh, be fair. I own, I own that, Connor. 
it's, I am, it's I am totally proud a fanny, to have pack. A fanny pack. It's it's a fanny pack without the straps, but where else are you going to put it but your belt? So exactly. it's a fanny pack. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a very nice looking field pouch for sure. Fanny packs uh, are well, coming back. They're in style. So oh yeah, do, do they okay. come in neon colors? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Super cool. <laughs> well. <laughs> My doodad is not so much a thing as it is um, bits of code. I I use this all the time whenever I'm surfing the web. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to open up tab after tab after tab. I'll get interested in something and just open... All the time, I end up doing something that's going to take a lot of intensive work, and I want to just close down all of my extra windows of stuff and realize that I have like 10 browsers open, each one with like 30 tabs on them. (laughs) Right. Um, I am ridiculous about that. So what I am recommending is a little um, plugin that you can use. I I use Google Chrome. I assume that they probably make it for other um, internet browsers as well, but it's called OneTab. And this thing is awesome because all I have to do when I want to start saving space and closing down stuff, but I don't want to just completely go away from the things that I have and I don't want to bookmark it necessarily each individual page, I can just click one tab and every um, tab that's in that particular window goes down and goes into a little list that I can then go back and click on open up all of those tabs again or I can go and click on individual sites if I need to find stuff again and I can like relabel it it's it's just super handy in helping me um, not be so much of a tab fiend and if I want to close stuff down and save space like I can still hold those things for later if I'm doing research for a trip trip that I have coming up I can just close everything down from that window and say my trip as the the little name and then when i'm ready to come back to it i can open it back up it's a super awesome and handy that tool is cool for, let me add um, let me add a little bit to that connor yeah. so it, the biggest reason to do this you're using it perfectly that's awesome and it is available for firefox the biggest reason awesome. to do this is saving memory so your computer has mm-hmm. some memory in it and so, uh, if you're on a mac you probably have between 8 and 16 gig on a on a macbook pro uh, if you're on iMac, you can get more, like 32, maybe even I think 64 in some of them. But uh, Photoshop and Lightroom need every bit of memory that you can throw at it. And mm-hmm. I've noticed this um, even on Windows as I'm using it. So right now, as I'm looking at my Google Chrome browser, because I, I run Chrome most of the time too, uh, it's almost 3 gig of memory is being used Oof. because of all those tabs. I have currently, a, it's like 15 tabs open. And um, the more tabs you have, the more memory that browser is going to use. And so often I actually just close it. I, I have it set up so that when I close it, it remembers all the tabs that I had open. And then, yeah. so then, um, then I, I know I can reopen it and get back to where I was at, but uh, then I to conserve the memory. But this is an even better solution. Then you can just hit that one tab button. It will collapse all those tabs down. You can even leave the browser open and leave maybe one tab open instead yeah. of just you know, all of them and then have Leave the things you're currently looking at, not just the stuff that you're like, Oh, I'm going to come back to this yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. And, and they sit there and take like one single tab. I can look right now and, and it's 350 megabytes of that memory on just one Sheesh. tab. Wow. So, so you will really save a lot of, you'll, you'll give Photoshop and Lightroom a lot more capability to, uh, to use that memory and run faster. If you either close your browser down or use this, very good plugin to uh, to help with that. Yeah, 
So that's my doodad. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week on Improved Photography. I really enjoyed talking with you, Jeff and Erica. I hope that you guys are having a great day, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.